Chinaboo. Hello! Hey! Hey! What the oh, fuck oh, is oh, everyone oh. doing yet? Cunts, welcome back <laughs> to Tuna Boot. The boot that you can tune. Tuna, Tuna Boot. boot. Uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure to be back. How are you all doing? We are back, all three of us, for the first time in a wee while. In the same room, a different room nonetheless. Yes. yes. Never again will we be in my old flat. No. And this is the last time we'll all be in this flat as well. As it's my flat and I'm moving and that's the end of that story <laughs> um, yeah so I said in my episode solo episode that I did quite recently that we'd be rounding off season 4 quite soon however with Liam's moving and I'm moving things are a bit higgledy piggledy yes. so we might not get a chance to start I mean it's arbitrary as well because the last episode of season 4 into season 5 there's not going to be a dramatic change is there well, well the, the name of the season for one that will change. A new picture. To... Yes, we're looking forward to that. The content? Nope. <laughs> it hasn't changed that much. Well, it has changed a lot this last season, but mm. we've done this for most of this year now. Yeah. So Jim's going to be changing his name. Yeah. He will now be known as Billy Bob Thornton. They have not agreed to that. <laughs> and that won't be happening. But it's a pleasure to have you here nonetheless anyway. <laughs> Billy um, Bob Thornton is that the only name you can think of oh, that's an actual person that's another yeah. person's name I mean I know there's lots of people with the same name yeah well you did tell us that like you admired him so much and that he's a great actor and that you just wanted to be known as him if you could change that Jim's name to anything I think I'd change it to Cheese <laughs> just Cheese just Cheese Cheese McAdam no nope. well I like Cheese McAdam don't get me wrong <laughs> lovely fella but again it's already a name you're going to be like you know one name Cheese is Cheese is Cheese McAdam a name? yeah is it? who sponsored us this week? <laughs> well funnily you should ask <laughs> because it's not Cheese McAdam or Billy Bob Thornton it is Damien Radcliffe's Naked Paella class <laughs> Damien got in touch with me he's a big fan of the show he uh, he particularly likes uh, Dougal's stuff he, he, he made a point of telling me so I was like well why don't you get in touch with him <laughs> I don't know how he got in touch with me as well because he didn't go through the Tuna Boot email which is mrtunaboot at gmail.com if you want to get in touch um, he, su- he, he suck he suck me out <laughs> seeked <laughs> he promises to suck me out eventually <laughs> but he, he seeked, seeked me out how does one suck you? Well, I'll show you later. Um, <laughs> if you're good. If you're good. So basically, he offers, as you can imagine, just a naked paella making class. I mean, it's, it'll branch out into other meals, but it's the only one he knows how to make. So it's basically just a naked <laughs> cooking course. And that takes place in Edinburgh. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of any venue in Edinburgh. I, I couldn't. It's, it's, it's a place in Edinburgh. I'll just Google it. <laughs> Damien Radcliffe's Naked Paella Making Contest eh contest eh. class class yeah. <laughs> I made a paella last night and I feel like I've cheated myself How wearing naked clothes oh not at all I had I had even pants on I had like <laughs> I had at least two layers on my bottom and two layers on my top Have you had even pants on yeah even <laughs> pants on uh, I had one pair of socks on but I think I was wearing slippers as well, so that's basically a second sock. Yeah, well, mm. slippers are second socks. Mm. They didn't say know. shoes, really. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go down this route again. Okay, okay. <laughs> oh, uh, if you want to find us, don't listen to what Liam said last week in his episode. It's at real tuna underscore boot. None of what he said. I couldn't because you did not. You you just told people to search tuna boots and. <laughs> eventually find something to like be it us or not <laughs> that's a good strategy to <laughs> so yeah it's at real tuna underscore boot on the instagram and then on facebook just have a look tuna boot please give us a like chat to us if you want send us a dm oh he's got the lingo down oh yeah 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 get us on messenger send us something you know business hours are all day every day we'll respond slash i probably will mm-hmm. uh, at some point so please Say hello. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You can be the main listener. Yeah, the main you could, yeah we don't have a Patreon or anything like that. But, Yet. But you can give us money. <laughs> My bank details are. 
All right, so what are we doing today? Well, I'll fucking tell you, shall I? <laughs> I'll tell you right now. So I was on Wikipedia during the week looking up uh, a songwriter called Dennis Lindy who worked on the song Burning Love, Elvis Presley. And I just, I th- my original idea was I was going to do, it was going to be called Unsung Heroes. Mm-hmm. It was going to be about people who wrote all these songs but never get the credit. Yeah. Nice. Right, so... I thought that's quite a good name, um, but I haven't done that because I would have required work. So I've not done that, but we might do that at some point in season five when we're good. That's <laughs> that's a great idea, actually. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll table that. Then we can all have a think about that. So I was on his Wikipedia page, and as you know, on Wikipedia, they have certain words or phrases and things highlighted in blue. Mm-hmm. And if you click those, it'll take you to another article. Yeah. So I was on Dennis Lindy's page. And then I saw <laughs> idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis oh, in blue. Okay. That's yeah. what he died of. So I went, I'll let me get a wee click of that then. And I'll, <laughs> I'll see what that's all about. <laughs> and idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, or IPF, is a rare progressive illness of the respiratory system, characterised by the thickening and stiffening of lung tissue. Oh. Right? So I thought, oh, that's quite fascinating. And how do we read of that? Forgot all of that. Forgot all about it. Like I can't retain any sort of knowledge. But I found another thing highlighted in blue, which was West Highland White Terrier. <laughs> right. So I thought, I've, uh, in two clicks, I've made quite a jump <laughs> <laughs> from a songwriter from Nashville to White Terriers. I can't. I'm trying to find where I found that, but I can't see it. Other animals. Oh, there you go. West Highland White Terriers. They have it apparently. So I had, a look, I had a look on that, and uh, as you imagine, it's a breed of dog from Scotland. Yeah, West is. It's um, what um, what's his name? That film. Aye. Uh, Grey Friars Bobby. Yeah. I think that he was one of them. Don't rub the nose. If you're in here, it ruins his nose. He's had a few nose jobs. Grey Friars Bobby, the statue. Yeah. Don't rub yeah. it. Exactly. Fun fact: Our friend Joe auditioned for that film when he was a kid. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, he didn't get it, obviously. <laughs> right, so, <laughs> so, from we- <laughs> so from West Island Terrier, I clicked on Muhammad Ali Jinnah, mm-hmm. or Jinnah, apologies for my mispronunciation, and he was alive from 1876 to 1948, was a barrister, politician, and the founder of Pakistan. Oh! Founder of Pakistan. Yeah, served as the leader of the All India Muslim League from 1913 the inception of Pakistan on 14th of August 1947 I didn't realise that Pakistan only became a nation that late on well there you mm-hmm. go see, so very interesting so what I was starting to realise now is that you could like see how far away from your initial Wikipedia article could you get and I thought that's what we would do today so I went from that I went to and then I had another link which was Craven A which is a British brand of cigarettes <laughs> Right, I was having a look at that because I'd never heard of that before. Then that took me to Hercule Poirot. Nice, yeah. love yeah, that Poirot. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like Poirot myself. And so then after that, I decided to try and see if I could keep clicking the blue links to get back to Dennis Lindy. Yeah. So I went from that to Cucurbita is a genus of herbaceous vines in the gourd family. <laughs> 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 They're commonly known as squash, pumpkin, or gourd. Oh. Different species around the world. So then I was looking through that and trying to find place names. Found Missouri, which is a place, a region in America. Yeah. Then Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And that led me to Nashville, which is where Dennis Lindy's from. Oh. Right. Getting then, close. Then I went to Ray Stevens, who's an American country pop singer, songwriter, and comedian. And that's as far as I got because I started to get a bit of a sore head. <laughs> <laughs> so I was thinking maybe on the podcast we'll try and get back to it, but you know what? That might take a while. Mm-hmm. All right. So instead, what I've decided is why don't we pick a subject, person, place, yeah, and just see how far we go. And each blue link, it'll be almost like a talk about. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We'll see yeah. what we think about that certain thing. If we have any anecdotes, facts, opinions, or whatever. So. I don't know where do you want to start. 
you got any words, ideas? Please? I'd like to, I, before we start, I can't remember exactly where it was, but I remember in school, and it was in second, third year, mm. good pal Drew, friend of the podcast who's never listened, he uh, came up with this thing, game that we used to play, which was called the TCO rule. Mm-hmm. Never told you about this, have I? No, I don't think so. Cool. So the TCO rule was a game we used to play on Wikipedia, because you could edit anything. Mm-hmm. And we tried to um, edit a fact about a made-up fact, so fiction about Terry's chocolate orange into random Wikipedia pages. Excellent. <laughs> there was a region I cannot remember. It was a region of a place in Africa, mm-hmm. and my pal Drew, by the end of this, had the people of this region, and this is very unfair to the people of this region on Wikipedia, like worshipping the Terry's chocolate orange <laughs> and building up their community around the god of the Terry's chocolate orange um, and it stayed up for about a month and a half before anyone took it down <laughs> so we See, that's game. a much better game that would be a lot more fun we used to I think the longest mines were up for like were for like a day or something like that we had it in our Kingcourt Academy where we went our Facebook page for a while one of the member, one of the like Mm-hmm. honourable facts or like you know members like the memorable people who have been there was Drew for coming up with the TCO <laughs> at one point I'm pretty sure that's awesome um, that was quite fun but yeah uh, so didn't, it, all be, it all gets fixed eventually but there's that fickleness of Wikipedia that's quite fun to mm-hmm. play it's, about with it's fascinating though isn't it that anyone could put anything up about anything mm-hmm. and then it could be passed on as fact that is quite interesting. Yeah. yeah. And that's reminded me of another, <coughs> excuse me, of another game, being a guy, Adam, friend of a podcast, never listens, but enemy of the podcast. Um, <laughs> we, we did. Notable enemies. <laughs> which was, oh, I can't remember the name. He did come up with a name for it. But basically, the idea was that we were working in a supermarket and we were going to tell someone, mm-hmm. like, we were different shifts. One of us was going to tell someone a fact mm-hmm. and then the other person in the shift was going to have to try and hear that fact second hand from someone right it's a bit convoluted so it'd be something like I don't know I can't think of anything like ter- you know there's a tribe in Africa that works which is Terex chocolate oranges mm-hmm. and then the mate Adam would have to come up like somehow mention Africa to the same person and try and get them to say it back to <laughs> suffice to say we did it once and the fact that he came up with was that all sheep are born with AIDS <laughs> Right, that was his fact, <laughs> but like they're immune to it. But they have like I don't know, like some, like they have the cells or like some something yeah, in a genetic, yeah. genetic makeup is similar to whatever happens with AIDS. I don't know. Um, tried it. I think I said it to one person. Do you know out of nothing? Do you know all sheep are born with AIDS? And they went, No, they're not. Stop talking shit. I just walked <laughs> off and I was like, Right. <laughs> If I say this again to someone else, I'm going to sound fucking mental. <laughs> so it's a shame we never got around to that. That's but, um, if anyone has any ideas of what to put up on a tuna boot uh, Wikipedia page, I think that would be really fun to make. We should do that. Yeah. We should spend a day where we make it because we could genuinely put links to things that we've said or done. Mm. That would make it the most mental, <laughs> one of the most mental Wikipedia pages like, of all time. Right? The film, Exodus. <laughs> yeah. Sponsors. Yeah. <laughs> just all, the sp- all the sponsors each week. That'd be cool. I wouldn't I'm mind doing that, that. <laughs> but uh, I don't know how much work it would be. We could do that for an episode. Just make a wee retrospective, but we make our own Wikipedia page. And yeah. we, someone writes down all our sponsors, <laughs> and we try and remember what they were selling. What they were selling. So who checks all these random pages? Is there someone who, like, presumably whoever puts them up, they must check them? Yeah, so often. There, there's one guy who goes about every just Wikipedia page and just, yeah. and just data checks it. Just like, right, no, that's right. Joke. Someone's edited this. Right, <laughs> this can't be real. Yeah. Needs to Google it. Richard Gere did shove a hamster up his arse. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shall we? Shall we play? Yeah, we play Wikipedia jumps. Right, so yeah. I, I bet we do. We're in fifteen minutes, so how about we do like one each and see how far we can go? Cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, any, anything? I can't. I honestly can't think of any words. Pillowcases. Pillowcases. Ah, because you're leading on a pillow. This is a cushion, mate. Oh damn it! Okay, what is so the difference? A pillow's longer and goes in bed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. He said it like he'd been hitting the head with a cricket bat, but he was right. <laughs> that, that is true. You can't, you can't argue with him on that. Right, okay, so here are the results that come up. Pillow. 
classic. Uh, a pillowcase of mystery. Ooh. Mike Lindell. <laughs> redirect, redirect from my pillow guy. My pillow Inc., which must be the same thing. Toga party. Duvet. A pillowcase of mystery two. Right, pillowcase mystery two. That's what we're going on. Right, the second one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> a pill. Oh my god. A pillowcase <laughs> of mystery. Traditional Chinese. Literal, literally the curious cases of Lord Z2 in a 2010 Hong Kong detective fantasy television drama starring Bobby O'Young as the title character Mr. Z and I'm, apologies if I'm butchering these titles uh, these names have a look at the picture that's fantastic that is ace yeah, yeah. right so this is it's a detective fantasy television drama right okie doke uh, produced by Lam Chi Wa and edited by Lee Yi Wa and Choi Suk Yin, the drama is a direct sequel to A Pillowcase of Mystery. Mm-hmm. The original broadcast for the sequel was on the TVB Jade Network with 45 minute episodes airing five days a week from the 31st of January to the 6th of August 2010. So, this is uh, a Hong Kong produced version of Dark Gently, that kind of, that kind of style of thing. It sounds a bit it's like it, yeah. So, if I just briefly read the synopsis, after a radical change in life, S Z E, so I'm saying Z. Z, yeah. Z. I, I'll give you that. Sai Lun becomes dispirited with the political world and spends most of his time travelling around in search of fun. Along the way, <laughs> he meets a sp- spirit medium, N G Quan Yui Yao, sorry, somehow gets caught up in a mysterious murder case. With fortuitous assistant from the Pillow Spirit, N G A U Tai Lick. He is able to crack the case and prove Quan Yoi's, sorry, Quan Yao's innocence. Sai Lun has his confidence back and pledges to continue his fight for justice. As time progresses, Sai Lun and Quan Yao get to know each other better and gradually fall in love. Sai Lun finally decides to get over the past and marry the girl. <laughs> he enjoys his life so much but gets frustrated at work sometimes. Tai Lik's power turns out not to be as strong as expected which ends up with a lot of misleading clues being given. Amidst the various challenges of his new life, Sai Lun realises that Quan Yao seems to have something to hide and that there is a malicious plot behind their marriage. Knowing that the couple has fallen out, Sai Lun's mother has found him a new wife, Luk Sui Tip. Out of the blue, Sui Tip has also come with ill intentions. Sai Lun has plunged into a complex web of intrigue and things seem to be getting on top of him. Well, if that's not an advert for watching it, man. Like, I mean, I'd, I'd, sounds like I'd get yeah. into that. Well, how about we... I'll screenshot that, and I'll see if I can get a copy of it. <laughs> <laughs> we can review it in one of our later episodes. <laughs> so not much is coming up in the way of links, um, to be honest, other than Pillowcase of Mystery and TVB Jade Network is the only things that have came up. Right, so TVB Jade, Jade Network, Network, yeah. yeah. Alright, let's see what they're up to. <laughs> There's going to be a nice Jade, show in this. Chinese, or simply Jade, is a Hong Kong Cantonese language free-to-air television channel owned by owned and operated by Television Broadcast Limited as its flagship service alongside its sister network, the English language TVB Pearl. Thanks for just giving us a bunch of information. What shows have they done? Does it have the shows? Let's find it on show. Let's have a look here. Digital broadcasting overseas um, any notable actors? No, not lots come up to it. It's just given us sort of information about where the places are located and things like that. Um, okay, places then. Is there any blue link places? Overseas broadcasting, J World TVB, Hong Kong, Malaysia, Singapore, Sun Quan O Industrial Estate. Yep, there you go. Absolutely. All right, let's have a look. See what that's about. If nothing else to hear you pronounce it a few more times. Soing Quan O Newtown. Can I just say how good? Uh, not the place names, which I'm butchering. And again, sincere apologies for that. But I've been doing quite well at reading out loud. You have. You've done well <laughs> so far. I'm usually. I was going to be terrible from now on. Anyway, Soing Quan O Newtown is one of the nine new towns in Hong Kong, built mainly on reclaimed land in the northern half of Junk Bay. That's in blue. Known as wow. Chung Quan O in Chinese. Right, cool. Junk Bay. Junk Bay. Junk Bay. Junk Bay, 
also known as Tsung Kwan O. So it's the place where it's talking. There's an aerial shot of it. That looks pretty, pretty funky. That does look pretty funky. I'd like to live there. Don't know why they're calling it Junk Bay. Looks good to me. Looks like a nice bay. <laughs> For all you listeners out there, it's uh, down the bottom of China, I assume, or Hong Kong. Uh, it's on the sea and it looks like a lot of high rises with some nice green around it. It looks really nice actually. It looks pretty. Yeah. Pretty as fuck. Nice. Alright, so how about we do like two more blue links from here? Okay. Alright. So I have a list of categories. Name, history and geography, climate, development of Tseng Kwan O, education. <laughs> I like how you say Tseng You just It sounds like you're going Zeng T-S-E-U-N-G So Tseng Yeah I know what you're doing Just the way that you do Tseng Tseng might be right Right there's nothing there Climate That's just giving us a a list of degrees Which isn't interesting Um, Victoria Harbour Chinese Civil War Oh that's where we're at now Alright let's do it I don't know China had the Civil War They've had lots of Wars, but uh, you know what? None of them. None civil. Of them. <laughs> the Chinese Civil War was a civil war in China. <laughs> well, thanks for that, Wikipedia. F- fought between Kuomintang, KMT-led government of the Republic of China, and forces of the Chinese Communist Party, lasting inter- intermittently between 1927 and 1949. All right. Uh, it's nice to know that someone else had their own shit going on during the Second World War. Yeah. Mm. You hear a lot about the Second World War, but you don't hear much about what China were up to. They yeah. were doing that. Yeah, the Chinese were fighting their own wars. Yeah, yeah, they don't need our wars. <laughs> <laughs> so the war is generally divided into two phases with an interlude from August 27th to 19... August... Sorry, August 1927 to 1937. The KMT-CCP alliance collapsed during the Northern Expedition and the nationalists controlled most of China from 1937 to 1945 which is basically the war the war hostilities were put on hold and the second united front fought the Japanese invasion of China with helpful with eventual help from allies of world war 2 so the Japanese were not only fighting us but they were also fighting the Chinese fighting up there's a lot going on mad the civil war resumed with the Chinese defeat that's in blue (laughs) and the CCP gained the upper hand in the final phase of the war from 1945 to 1949 I assume that's Chinese Communist Party yeah yeah CCP yeah. well aren't they still in power I don't know okay well later on in the in this article the words officially claiming are in blue oh well we need to see what that means right so that'll be our last one for this officially claiming right so I hit officially claiming and it take me to one China policy the one China policy is a policy <laughs> asserting that there is only one sovereign state sovereign state under the name China and Taiwan Taiwan is a part of China as opposed to the idea that there are two states the People's Republic of China and the Republic of China whose names whose official names incorporate China many states follow a one China policy but the meanings are not the same <laughs> so there you go well so, so where did we start we start from pillowcases and we've got into Chinese politics. <laughs> that's not bad. <laughs> See, that's, it's a great game. It's a good fun. Play it with your friends. What's up? Suggest another word or thing to oh, go matter. Yeah. Wikipedia. Yeah, so I will go for toilet roll. Toilet case. Okay. You just type in toilet roll or toilet roll wiki to Google. I just went on Wikipedia and type it in. Mm. <laughs> Man's not played this game before, has he? <laughs> He's not played Wikipedia type in before <laughs> yeah, blue link wormhole twilarol twilarol no toilet roll no twilarol okay right so toilet paper or toilet roll holder or urinal deodorizer block oh urinal de- deodorizer block or troll tails um I, oh. you pick it sure <laughs> no I'm going for the block Cool. Right, urinal deodorizer block. Urinal, uh, urinal, U- U- urinal deodorizer blocks, commonly known as urinal cakes, urinal cookies, urinal biscuits, biscuits, urinal <laughs> <laughs> that's good. U- urinal oh, donuts, toilet lollies, 
trough lollies, <laughs> urinal mints, urinal pucks, hockey pucks, toilet pucks, or urinal peons, brackets, peons, are small disinfectant blocks that are added to urinals. Those containing para-diclorobenzene may be called para-box. Besides disinfecting, the purpose of these blocks is to reduce or mask odours from restroom urinals. They are placed above the urinal drain, often in the confines of a small plastic trap or or a urinal screen, uh, that prevents their loss down the drain when they dissolve to a small size. Any interest in Blue Link so far? Uh, Well, just before we start... I, when I was working as a janitor on a building site, mm-hmm. I had to refill those. The biscuits. The biscuits. The biscuits, the um, urinal mints. Yeah, there were ye- there were the yellow, you'll see the yellow ones around. There's, and, um, there's some pictures while you're telling the story. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the, the tub in the in one of the uh, bathrooms. In the, in the welfare area, that's what it was called, mm. uh, the area where the workers have their lunch and where the toilets are, that's called the welfare area. Mm. Fun fact, and um, anyways, there was a wee tub, so I was just picking them out, a couple, you know, filling them up as needed, mm-hmm. and then one day I found the lid, put the lid on top, and it said in huge letters, "Always wear gloves while handling these." <laughs> and I was like, I noticed that I'd start to get like, like dry skin, like sort of, not but like it wasn't yeah rotting my hand away, but I was like, oh that'll be that then. Just put my hand into this fucking jar, <laughs> chuck it in. I mean, I should be wearing gloves anyway. I was dealing with piss. Yeah. Was, <laughs> like, I, I did for ninety nine percent of my duties, but sometimes I'd forget and I just mm. chuck a couple in. Yeah. I was like, wow. So that could have been on my hands, and I didn't wash. Could have eaten something. Yeah. Could have died. Could have died. Wow. I actually had a similar thing at Tesco's uh, when I was cleaning some shelves with these blue wipes, mm. and they were quite they were quite soaked in whatever they were soaked in. And then about half an hour after I handled these wipes, my entire hand, like palms went white and yeah. all blotchy and all that. And I went up to the pharmacy and she was like, "We're using the blue wipes without gloves." And I was like, "Yeah." And she's like, "Yeah, that that's like pretty much just bleach on them." Yeah, was it the probe wipes? Yeah. Yeah. Bad. Yeah, that's not good. No, it it went away <laughs> very quickly. I genuinely forgot we were recording a podcast for a second there. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, aye. Okay. Uh, what's the blue links? Right. So for this section, um, you have disinfectant, urinals, para benzene, reduce. Georgia South Southern University, <laughs> waterous urinal, and City University of Hong Kong. If you want to go out to China, Georgia University. Georgia University. See, I, I'm, obviously it's his go, so I'm fine with that. But I like when just. Reduce. abstract I concepts or highlighted <laughs> like reduce <laughs> I was I would have went reduce but I'm interested in the university so we're gonna go we're gonna go back to school boys right Let's do it. Georgia Southern University GSU or Georgia Southern is a public research university in the US state of Georgia its flagship campus is in Statesboro and other locations include Armstrong Campus in Savannah and the Liberty Campus in Hinesville any notable people any notable people any that have been notable there. people I can have a wee look under there they were just waving his, uh, his hand <laughs> up and down and it's, I mean to describe it it's, it's not going to do it justice but it was very funny people notable are, alumni there we go that's Woo! what I'm in for and come on that in itself is a blue link oh, notable alumni <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be a good indie band name notable alumni I do that's like good. that yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, the list of Georgia Southern uh, University alumni includes graduates, non-graduates, former students, current students of First District Agricultural and Mechanical School, Georgia Normal School, South Georgia Teachers College, Georgia Southern College, and or Georgia Southern University. On to the list. Do you want entertainment, business, government and public service, scientists and research? Scientists. Smash. Good. Right. <laughs> Jim you <Bruce>. have... <laughs> you have one. Go. Cool. Oh... I'm going to read out the entertainment ones because the names are great. James Kicklighter. <laughs> Ace Armisen. <laughs> <laughs> These are made up people. <laughs> Ace Armisen, if he was not a strong man in a circus, then he's fucked up. <laughs> if, if they weren't in an offshoot of the A-team, I don't know what they were Walton Goggins. <laughs> Walton Goggins! <laughs> fucking 
Walton Goggins is a great actor. Is he? <laughs> he was, uh, yeah, he's been in Community. Who's he? He's the guy who uh, had all of Pierce's. Um, is that Will? Walton Goggins? That's Walton Goggins. What? Fucking click on Walton Goggins. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was in Community. He's also an Ant Man in the world. Oh, shit, yeah, it's him. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to click on him, though. Oh, sorry, back. go back, go back. Sorry. I know who he is. I don't need to hijack your blue lights, I'm there, sorry. There's also Michael Knight with a Y and James Ryan. Okay, what was the first, what were they? Can we go on to Ace Armkins or whatever his face was? <laughs> Ace like? Armisen. Ace Armisen, yeah. Right, the real world. What's it going on there? What in Goggins? The, Everything so, comes back. So, to him. unfortunately, Ace Armisen has taken <laughs> me to the real world Paris 13th season of MTV's reality TV show, The Real World. Okay. Uh, which focuses on a group of diverse strangers living together for several months in a different city each season as cameras follow their wives and interpersonal relationships. It is the only season to be filmed in France. Okay, can you find out who Ace Armisen was? On it? Um, I, re- I, I need to know what he did. Cast. Uh, so, Clyde Darren. <laughs> don't know why that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Clyde Darren. So, Clyde Darren, comma, uh, no, apostrophe, Ace, apostrophe, Armisen. Okay, so his, his real name's Clyde Darren. Clyde Darren Armisen. Clyde Darren Armisen. Uh, so Ace is a senior marketing <laughs> ma- major in his sixth year at Georgia S- Southern University and a member of the Kappa Alpha Order fraternity. He co-owns three college bars back home where his girlfriend lives and enjoys drinking and partying that comes with that business. The death of his mother was a troubled time for him, but he has moved on. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on doing this. Um, so the next uh, contestant was Adam King. Adam is a graduate of Stanford University with oh a degree in communications, and he's an inspiring, uh, aspiring rap musician and lyricist who grew up, grew up in Beverly Hills, currently living in Los Angeles. His mother provided his mother provided a stable home environment while his father, William King, toured with the seventies R and B group, the Com. Uh, Com- Commodores. The Commodores. Yeah. Fuck it out. There you go. They're good. That's Blue Link, by the way. Um, I know mo- what the Commodores. I know everything about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Quizman. Quizman and Commodores, right now. What? What's their songs? I don't know that much. About it. I, just, <laughs> I just know their name. What? Name one of their members. <laughs> um. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> M- M- Martin. <laughs> Swell. <laughs> Martin Swell and William King. William King! Fuck's sake! Martin Swell. Anyway, who else is in this fucking this uh, show? So, one more thing about Adam King. Uh, a, motivated, uh, a motivated and energetic young man, friends and family compare him to the Energizer Bunny. Which That's is also really linked. Why? <laughs> why uh, two things. Uh huh. I love how they concentrate on the mothers in both of them. Yeah. That's lovely. Secondly, can we just go on to the Energizer Buddy and find a bit more out about that? Yeah. yeah. So you say one like one more after One that? more after Energizer Bunny, yeah. Yeah. So we're at thirty four, so we'll get another ten minutes before. That's a fucking great picture. So that is yeah, a pink well it's not even the Energizer Bunny, but it's a pink bunny banging a drum that says Energizer. <laughs> <laughs> the bunny's got sunglasses and slippers on and flip flops on if just to... I failed to mention that apologies. yeah 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 in Australia those would picture. be called thongs well we're not in Australia Liam keep on telling you <laughs> the Energizer bunny <laughs> is, a, is the marketing icon and mascot of Energizer batteries in North America woo <laughs> <laughs> what were you wooing for there Energizer batteries in North America the whole thing <laughs> I just love both those things it is the pink mechanical toy rabbit wearing sunglasses and blue and black striped flip flops that beats a bass drum bearing the Energizer logo I've, I've, I've never known about the bass drum thing no no we don't get that here we just yeah. get them so running when did it start it must have been in the 80s or something I'm guessing Um. oh yeah do you want to guess an exact year? 86. 84. 88. Oh, we both dogs. went even numbers. 
We're close. Smash it. The next one in the sequence would have been here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you'd bothered to guess, Liam. <laughs> I love it. Reading it. I love it. <laughs> so uh, there's a few uh, blue links here. You've got marketing, mascot, energizer, North America, rabbit, and bass drum. That's up to you, man. I mean, that's a quite a list. That is quite a list. Uh, so the people writing these articles, they must. They'll hyperlink it in. So yeah. But but why would you decide? That you know well just in case you end up on the energizer bunny and you want to know what a rabbit is <laughs> <laughs> and you know what i do want to know what a rabbit is there we go right i think i think it's fair to say did it just for this joke we went down a fair rabbit hole here boys <laughs> right rabbits also known as bunnies or bunny rabbits are small mammals in the family Liporidae, along with the hare and of the order Lagomorofa <laughs> along with the Pika. Uh, Oricatabulagus caniculus uh, includes the European rabbit species and its descendants, the world's 305 breeds of domestic rabbits. Sevilgus uh, includes 13 wild rabbit species, among them the seven types of cottontail. The oh. European rabbit, which has been introduced on every continent except Antarctica, is familiar throughout the world as a wild prey, uh, as a wild prey animal, and as a domesticated form of livestock and pet. With its widespread effect on ecologies and cultures, the rabbit is, in many areas of the world, a part of daily life as food, clothing, and companion, and a source of artistic inspiration. My mum has rabbits, called Mulder and Scully. Which is quite good. Nice. Um, that's good. I, I like. I, I feel like the journey from toilet roll to rabbits not that spectacular. But where we landed along the way. Yeah, that's a via Ace Arbison. Isn't it? <laughs> it's it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. Exactly. One hundred percent. And I think we all enjoyed that journey. Uh, yeah, I for one certainly did. Um. Any anything we all learned that we're happy with? No, move on. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Jimmy boy, what uh, well, would you like me to Wikipedia? Oh, I'll have the Commodores, please. The Commodores. Are we starting with the Commodores? Yes. We'll see what songs they did because I have a happy because because that's in the genre. What are the well? We all like the genre. Uh, what genre is it? Jim? Well, I'll, I'll get around to that. You know, like soul and all that of the and the like the fifties doo wop yeah. stuff. Yeah. That kind of. Era, mm. like that stuff. So when I and I know the Commodores, I'm like, oh, I love the Commodores. What songs do you like? Can't name them. <laughs> so why don't we? Why don't we learn a couple? So Commodores are an American funk and soul band. It's nice that we went full circle to go back to music in this podcast, uh, which were at their peak in the late seventies throughout the mid eighties. The no, members, I, I, sorry, I said fifties, and you know, I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. Mm. Why did I? Why did I speak? You speak because you're programmed to. True. Hmm. Well, I'm speaking as well, which is great. So I didn't mean to interrupt you, <laughs> well, I mean to interrupt you but I, I apologise. No, 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 it's so. fine. The members of the group met at mostly as mostly freshmen at Tuskegee Institute, now Tuskegee University, in 1968, and signed with Motown in November 1972, having first caught the public eye opening for the Jackson 5 while on tour. Wow. Uh, so they're members, uh, they're current, current members, because they're still going, present, 1968 to present are good old Billy King, William King, Walter Orange, and J.D. Nicholas. Excellent. Uh, past members include Milan Williams, Thomas McClary, Ronald LaPred, Andre Callahan, <laughs> Michael Gilbert, James Ingram, Skylar Jett, Sheldon Reynolds, Eugene Ward, Michael Manley, David Hodges, <laughs> Chelsea Powell, Tom Joyner, and Lionel Ritchie. What? Oh, I knew, yeah, I knew that. I knew that. Uh, you say that now. No, I think I said, The band's biggest <laughs> hit singles are ballads such as Easy, yeah. Three Times a Lady, yeah. and Night Shift. Don't and know. funky dance hits, which include Brick House, Fancy Dancer, Lady, Brackets, You Bring Me Up, and Too Hot Ta Trot. Brick House is a tune. Mm. Would you like? Yeah, we've got yeah. several blue links here that aren't any songs. We've got Funky is a blue link. We've got some of the members, uh, Tuskegee University Motown tour. That's a blue link. I think. Oh no, can we have Funky just because it's a? I like the abstract concept being highlighted. Mm -hmm. See what we get from there. 
Okay, funky is a music genre that originated in African American communities in the mid 1960s when musicians created a rhythmic, danceable new form of music through a mixture of soul, jazz, and rhythm and blues. R&B. It de-emphasizes <laughs> <laughs> melodies and chord progressions and focuses on a strong rhythmic groove of a bass line played by an electric bassist and a drum part played by a percussionist often Classic. at slow tempos than other pop, often at slower tempos than other popular music funk generally consists of a complex groove with rhythmic instruments playing interlocking grooves that create a hypnotic and danceable feel mm-hmm. that's cool nice so have a look see if there's anything um, would you like to know the etymology of the word funk mm. yeah Yep, the word funk initially referred and still refers to a strong odour. Well, what, why say that then? <laughs> it initially refers and still does. Well, it refers to. <laughs> it originally derives from Latin fumigare, which means to smoke, via Old French fungiere, uh, which sounded more Italian when I said it. And in this sense, it was first documented in English in 1620. In 1784, funky meant musty which first documented was uh, in 1980 in whoa fucking hell in 1784 funky meaning musty was first documented which in turn led to a sense of earthy that was taken up around 1900 in early jazz slang for something deeply or strongly found ethnomusicologist Portia Maltzbeat <laughs> which is blue lipped states that the expression funk comes from the Central African word Lou Funky. And art historian Robert Farris Thompson says the word comes from the Kikongo term Lou Fuki. If both proposed origins, the term refers to body odour. Lou Funky is a great name for mm. an artist. Okay. Funky, yeah. Yeah. yeah so fun. we got some. In early jam sessions, musicians would encounter one another to get down by telling one another now put some stank on it at least as early as 1907 jazz songs carry titles such as funky the first example is an unrecorded number by Buddy Bolden remembered as either Funky Butt or Buddy Bolden's Blues which improvised lyrics that were according to Donald M. Marquis either comical and light or crude and downright obscene why did he know if they didn't record it? He knew. Right, he played it live. Yeah. Um, keep forgetting about that bit. <laughs> well, at that time, most things would have just been live. Yeah, yeah. Would you like to go down more genres? We've got some different derivatives of funk. We've got the history, characteristics, social impact. No, let's, let's see also. Yeah, let's try and get as far away from that as possible. Chanking. Is <laughs> the see also? Is that chanking, as in one word, or chanking, as in no person? chanking, as in one word. Right, it's going to be another music related term isn't mm-hmm. it guitar performance technique in funk music that includes both choking the guitar neck and strumming the strings percussively to create a distinctive sounding riff sounds like a Friday night to me myself tonight listen I'll chunk you if you want yeah there's not much in here to be honest you've got some blue links you've got reggae Alan Warner then of the foundations Europop Papa's got a brand new bag out of sight, two names of songs, Backbeat, Jimmy Nolan, who was the guitarist James Round's band, and Portmanteau. Is that it? Portmanteau, yeah. Portmanteau. Portmanteau. Oh, so we're not really getting f- f- any well, further Well, a portmanteau away, but... word is a blend of words. I've went yeah. on to portmanteau. Uh, which part of multiple words <laughs> are combined into a new word, as in smog, smoke and fog. So... Um, examples in English let's find either. a list of portmanteaus I mean he's really railroading you here isn't he he just he hijacked my blue link he hijacked it I mean so, to be fair that's what I was going to pick we didn't have so I've got a list of portmanteaus you can choose cunt <laughs> sorry you can choose a portmanteau of animals art literature and entertainment cuisine general internet and computing marketing organisations and companies places politics sciences sports and fitness transport well I know of a couple of the there's a couple from the animal kind of because the oh fuck Liger no well yeah you can do that with anything yeah. Mog monkey and frog <laughs> I've seen a video of a monkey using a frog to 
What, he shagged the frog's face? Yeah. Oh, blame me. No, I won't do that then. You could have a squirrel. A squid and a whale. <laughs> or a squirrel and a whale. Depending on if you're going mammal or sea. <laughs> <You're joining. laughs> um, okay, sorry, can I get the list again? Can you give me some of the ones further down there? Uh, yeah, so I'll start from we've got cuisine, general, internet and computing, marketing, organisations and companies, places, politics, sciences. I'll go for marketing, please. Marketing. And I'll say one more link after this and we'll wrap up. Advertainment, advertorial, marketecture, cineplex, manufactroversy, mastage, <laughs> multiplex. Petrodollar, prosumer, subvertising, telemarketing, entrepreneur. Wow. Well, one of those cineplex. Yeah. Because I've heard the word cineplex, but I don't know where it comes from. This isn't going to be a particularly funny one, but I'd like to know what that's the combination of. Okay, so it's moved me on to multiplex, which is a movie theatre complex with multi screens with a singular complex. So it's a bunch of, it's a cinema based in a complex. Uh, well, that wasn't as interesting as it yeah. probably could uh, so you've got the the difference between a multiplex and a megaplex is related to the number of screens but the I can't work that out dividing <laughs> line is not well defined some might say that 14 screens and stadium seating make a, multiple, make a megaplex while others may say that at least 20 screens are, are required megaplex theatres may have stadium seating or normal seating and may have other amenities often not found at smaller movie theatres Multiplex seminars often feature regular seating. The Kinepolis Madrid Ciudad de la Imagen Megaplex in Spain is the largest movie theatre in the world, with 25 screens and a seating capacity of 9,200, including one 996-seat auditorium. Do you know what I really That's like crazy. about that? Is you've got the multiplex and the megaplex, and there's some people that have just been like, yeah, this is a megaplex, boys. And other people that are just that's not a fucking megaplex, that's a multiplex. You want a yeah. megaplex, I'll show you a fucking megaplex. Yeah, some might say this is what it is. Yeah, well, some might say anything. I can say whatever I want is a megaplex. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, these three seats in a TV technically could be a megaplex. Well, well three mega hardcore cuts like us. It's a hardcoreplex. Megaplex. Do you want a fun little fact? No. <laughs> Well, I'll give it to you anyway. Oh, okay. Kinepolis in Madrid opened in Spain on 17th of September 1998. It's the world's largest cinema complex. In terms of numbers of seats, it has a total or capacity of 9,225 screens. The world's tallest cinema complex is the cinema of Glasgow Renfrew Street. I knew that fact. Ah, okay. Yeah, it has 18 screens and seats 4,300 people and it stands at 203 feet. I didn't know that. That's cool. Didn't know that. Um, there's not much. Uh, you can have seating capacity, stadium seating, all fun. Uh, I think I used my last one on that anyway. Did you? Yeah. Robert, you could have the Ripley's Believe It or Not comic strip. I'll give you one more. Go on then. Double Bill, South California. Aiken, South California, sorry. Nat Taylor, Elgin Theatre. Elgin in uh, Canada, not, not Elgin in. Mm. Um, what else can you Ward Parkaway Shopping Centre Stan Durwood Burnaby uh, Disney Those Calloways Eaton Centre I'm trying my best mate Power Centres Big Box Stores Bankrupt Well that's enough um, <laughs> Don't we just end it <laughs> You guys I came up with the idea of yours too as well well, you got I went from the Commodores to cinemas <laughs> <laughs> and we got stuck that's the that's the hole you can't get out of I think yeah. alright well fair enough let's not um, let's not punish the listener for my <laughs> choice of blue link um, well there you go well that, that ended up being quite good didn't it yeah Yeah. learned um, a lot we could maybe do something like that similar again maybe what we could do is have one like one of you suggest a topic Mm-hmm. And another suggest another topic, and we have to get there. Yeah, just yeah. by clicking the links. That that sounds good. That sounds cool. We can maybe try that. Yeah, I'd like to play the get back game. Like you just you like someone starts like Liam starts it off. I can I get back to the Commodores from where I was. I reckon easy. Yeah, <laughs> but I'd like like Liam to Liam chooses something. Like say Liam chooses I don't know Ace Armisen, mm. and I get to do five blue links. 
and then Liam has to get back from Ace Armiston from where I've left him. Yeah, that's good. So we and could we can be... also. Sorry, I keep interrupting you, Dylan. Really no, 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 no. That's Fine. a really good idea. Or what we can also do to make it even more convoluted mm-hmm. is you pick a topic, you pick a topic, and I pick one, and I have to go f- from your one via your one <laughs> to back to, to my. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're maybe thinking too much into it now. Maybe just the ideas you came up with. <laughs> <laughs> or I might never do it again. <laughs> Who knows? Thanks for listening. Yeah, <laughs> apologies, guys, for that. I feel like I've really been interrupting tonight. Uh, I do apologise for that. No. I'll be silent to the next two. Good. Yep. Finally. I know, I know. Got the podcast we want. Put a sock in your mouth. You know where that phrase, do you know where that comes from? No. It comes from the old gramophones. With mm-hmm. the big, they had the big horns, but they didn't have a volume control, mm-hmm. so they would put things like socks or tights in it to to muffle the sound. Cool. Right, I'm just gonna click on gramophone, please. Gramophone, invented in 1873 by Francis Bernard McTavish. Francis Bernard McTavish. That's where we're Francis going next. Francis Bernard McTavish died of wrong leg disease wrong leg disease <laughs> wrong leg disease <laughs> wrong leg disease is an extremely rare extremely extremely uh, <laughs> I don't know adverb of extreme what's it <laughs> no that's not right is it adverb adverb <laughs> oh my god well, that was horrible we did well, that's, it's, that's, that's another game we could play <laughs> Jim's own Wikipedia what happened there listener as I'm sure it sounded like the rest of the episode <laughs> Jim didn't have his phone we were just pushing through him <laughs> to find the layers oh. right well uh, thank you very much everyone listening uh, album recommendation of the week is If Words Were Flowers by Curtis Harding at time of recording it just came out two days ago well, so when you hear this it'll be the week after mm-hmm. um, he's a soul man but he's much more than that highly recommend you listen to it mm-hmm. or even just listen to this, the single no uh, not the whole listen to this single hopeful because it'll brighten your day and make mm-hmm. you feel a bit better about things did you did you hear the sequel album If Eggs Was Milk I did not but <laughs> I cannot wait <laughs> uh, like and subscribe go fuck yourself that's babies. a podcast but it all came out chunky <laughs> uh, yeah thank you very much for listening next week what are we doing who knows oh no what we could do that because we do know what we're doing next week yeah yeah. watch or listen to Jim and Dougal claim their empire mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that's, what's, that's it lots of love yeah cheers oh, uh, subscribe subscribe tell your friends tell friends about this episode one of your favourite episodes <laughs> Season five's coming at some point. <laughs> we'll get better. Yeah, yep, it's never ever ever gonna end. Ever. Who's been Dougal? Me! <laughs> Anyone be Jim? That's always me. <laughs> I've been William. Bye. Yep. End of podcast. A bit. Skish, skish, <laughs> belush, motherfuckers. <laughs>